Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of Multiple Voices. My Multiple Voices podcast, true to its name, includes different series. For example, we have the Voices of Love, where we discuss relationships, the voice of empowerment, the voice of laughter and play, the voice of pleasure, and the magical voice of archetypes and how they change the way we live. But we also have the voice of memory that includes everything from history to discussions of past life regression. There's also writing voices where we interview both seasoned writers and authors who have just started getting their feet wet with writing and we learn what can work for you as potential writers. Our series called Voice of the Spirit discusses different forms of spirituality and religion. And then Channeling Voices is a series that covers what happens when you channel, but is also extended to mediumship. Take a moment to review this podcast if you've enjoyed listening, and leave a hearty five stars. I'd appreciate it. Enjoy your listening. Hey, 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 ladies and gentlemen, it's me again for another episode of This Pasta. This Pasta. Well, I guess it's dinner time where I am. (laughs) of this podcast, Multiple Voices. Now, today I'm with Terry Rizvi, and Terry is a writer, but that's not one of her uh, talents. That's just one. She's an, an, the executive director of strategic communications for the University of Dayton, and um, where she also directs the Irma Bombeck Writers Workshop. And I'll ask her, I'll, I'll lead with that. Well, Welcome, first and foremost, Terry, to Thank our show. Much. Thank you. <laughs> Delighted to be here. All right. So let me continue doing my what I'm supposed to be doing here. Um, this writer's workshop is believed to be the only workshop in the nation devoted to humor and human interest reading. Um, and she is all about laughter, laughter and love and laughter. Um, in 2021, she published her debut book, One Heart with Courage, Essays and Stories, and co-edited a humor book, Sisters Bonded by Love and Laughter. And I'll write all of her information so you know how to find her and to get in touch with her. So let's start. Now, uh, you, you had a debut book, so that means, in my mind, that this is just one of many, correct? I don't know. I mean, that's a very good question. I think after you finish a book, you know, you're kind of exhausted. And this yes. book took decades to write yes. because yes. it's it's yes. a compilation of many essays that I've written over the years, yeah. uh, plus a number of new ones that I wrote during the pandemic. So mm-hmm. um, what kind, kind of, of essays writing... are they? Yes. What kind of essays? Yeah. They're very personal essays. I mean, it's a deeply... Give me an example. Give me an example. Well, like, for instance, um, this past summer, a very good friend of mine from high school who I had lost touch with, Mm -hmm. and we reconnected during the pandemic, you know, by phone. She lives across the country um, in Reno, Nevada. And... Mm -hmm. She became ill, not not with uh, COVID, but yeah. uh, a number of a number of issues, mm-hmm. and ended up dying on the Fourth of July. Mm. And there's an essay in the book looking back at our memories yeah. from four decades. You know, when we were friends in high school and played on yeah. softball teams and right. hung out together, and you know, didn't had no idea where our lives were going to go at that point. Right. 
And and then on the 4th of July, Independence Day, she died. And I wrote about um, kind of the essence of it was uh, we had these um, uh, these balloons that you that you light and they go up in the sky. Right. And we were at our house at Lake Michigan and there was a memorial lantern. They call them lanterns on the top on top of the pile. And it was a white memorial lantern, which I did not buy. I mean, yeah. I bought red ones, green ones. I think the guy at the store threw it in as an extra one. It happened uh, to be on the very top of the pile. Uh, and, you know, my my son said, you know, mom, that's a God moment. And yeah. so we lit it and we kind of said a prayer for, for her. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff yes. that I write. Very personal. highly personal. Very highly personal. But personal you said moments. something. You just said something that I'm going to, you know, uh, give back to you as if you were looking in the mirror. You said, we know each other from way back when, when you never knew what um, right. what road you were going to take or where, how you were going to end up. Well, nothing right. has changed. You still don't know where you're <laughs> exactly. going to end up. So this yeah. is why I'm saying this is just first, the first exactly. of many. You it know? could be, you know, yeah. who knows? Yeah. You know? I mean, I think if you leave yourself open to life's possibilities, you never know. Where well, no, 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 you. no. And I'm, I'm telling you this uh, with a certain, um, with a certain, sh- I'm convinced. Why? Uh, someone who <laughs> manages and directs the writer's workshop, the M- right. Irma Bombeck writer's workshop, who will not come out with another book is highly unlikely, <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> well, that, you know, you put it that way. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, of course. Yeah. So let me ask you about this workshop. What what does it do and how does it work? Right. Do women from the university come there? Are there postgraduates or is it just no. undergrad? No, actually, writers from across the country, and Good. we've had and we've had people from Canada, from Spain, from England, all from ages, other, um, all ages. Um, yeah. We do have University of Dayton students yeah. come. We also. give them exactly. We give them free scholarships Credits. to attend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and they're involved in the workshop and introducing speakers and whatnot. And it's mostly women, but you know, I think part of that's because the name is Irma Bombeck. Yeah. Uh, secondly, who, can you writer, tell me who Irma Bombeck was? Right. Irma Bombeck uh, was probably one of the greatest American humorists mm-hmm. uh, in contemporary times. She died in 1996. She was yeah. a University of Dayton graduate. So yeah. I, I knew her. Um, yeah. I interviewed her for a magazine story at one point. Um, also, um, a video project that we did. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I knew her. And then when she died, her family wanted to give her papers and memorabilia to the University of Dayton. Um, and I thought, well, it would be kind of fun to put a little workshop around this. Yeah. And so I had a planning committee of alumni. I was directing the Office of Public Relations at that time at the university. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had this committee of, there were journalists and writers and marketing folks. Yeah. And I said, why don't we do this? And so people in my office were all writers. So we thought, okay, let's do it. And we laughed for three days. <laughs> you know, it was so much fun. We yeah. uh, involved, <clears throat> excuse me, the Bombeck family. Yeah. And Bill Bombeck knew um, a very famous cartoonist, Bill Keen, a family mm-hmm. circus. <clears throat> excuse me. And he invited him to come. He was hysterical. 
uh, Liz Carpenter, who was the former press secretary for Lady Bird Johnson and who stumped with uh, Irma for the Equal Rights Amendment. Um, Mm -hmm. Very funny, funny writer. She came. Uh, We had her syndicator, her agent, her children. Let's say it was amazing that you've got us interested in this writer's workshop. There's no doubt about it. And there are workshops all over the country, all over the world. And every city has their workshop. But um, I'm going to cut to the chase. Who teaches in the workshop? Um, We reach out to um, actually established, both established writers and teachers from around the country. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, We've got professors from different universities who come in. These are these are people who can teach you the nuts and bolts of writing memoir, writing humor, um, putting oh, together so you your own work website. With different genres, then. Yes, we have like uh, we'll bring in like thirty faculty members uh-huh. uh, from around the country, and then we also have keynoters who are usually very hysterical. Um, mm-hmm. who, who give talks at the, at the dinners and, and the lunches. And then, and then we have these breakout sessions over, th- over the next two days where people can attend. And then we, we finish with a stand-up comedy night. Ah, of, of course, fun. of, of course. course. Starting, ending with laughter. But a lot of learning in between. Yeah. So this brings me to the notion of the transformative power of writing. And if you've written a book, Terry you know about that power. So this is why it's impossible for you to stop at one. So okay. tell us about what does writing do to you? Well, you know, it's amazing. I think it takes a lot of courage, first of all, to put your words why? down on, on paper. Why? Why? Because none of us ever think that we're good enough. I mean, unless you're like some well, egomaniac. No, you know? no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There are so many ways to put pen to paper, correct, so to speak, and so many different forms. I mean, since we were children, many of us have written diaries. That's one way, right? Yes. So yeah. I guess you're talking about the fear of actually thinking your book could could sell. Could, could find an audience, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, or anything, whether it's an essay, whether it's a blog, you know, I mean, you put the words out there and how does it affect people? And that's getting back to your initial question about the transformative power of writing. Yeah. There's a piece in, in my book, and which actually was an, uh, an op-ed piece in USA Today after my mother-in-law died. Mm-hmm. Now, I, uh, I married uh, a Pakistani. Yeah. We met in London. I had an inter- internship there after journalism school. And, and we got married. And... You know, I didn't realize at the time how sort of revolutionary that was. You know, mm-hmm. a Catholic marrying a Muslim, the fact that he, his family had arranged a marriage for him that I didn't really know about. Yeah. You know, yeah. all of that. And then and then the fact of the, the language barrier. So when his well, mom... what kind of language barrier are you talking about? Well, um, I could not speak Urdu and right. she could not speak English. And she, she knew who? a few words. She, uh, my my mother-in-law cannot speak okay, okay. English. Mm-hmm. So when we went there to get married, you know, she did invite us to get married there. But, you know, before we, I think she wanted to, first of all, try to talk him out of it and said, hey, you're no longer my son. <laughs> That's the very first words that she said to him. Now, getting back to the transformative, transformative. Power, uh, I wrote, 
wrote after after she died we became actually pretty close i mean once we had children they could do you and no your mother-in-law became very close okay. right and there was this universal language of motherhood You're right. so after she died i wrote this piece that i probably got more mail on more emails from people complete strangers talking about you know how it started you know the fact that you're no longer my son to you know here we are at the cemetery paying right. tribute to this matriarch of the family that everyone right. loves so dearly and you know this was after 9-11 and yeah. you know our, our country and our world was not united and still is not united not, right. as we as we know but the way i was able to humanize the my life and this experience for people and to move them enough to write to me. So I think that's the transformative power of writing yes. is that it can change people's hearts. Yes. You know, it can yes. touch people in a way that they never really expected. Uh, I would add, as do words, the spoken word uh, right. has the same power, but right. there, there are two different skills and right. people who speak very, very much have difficulty writing and vice versa, usually, mm -hmm. usually. Right. Um, now, but you are in a position of, you know, in the communications field, so you have to liaise with everyone around we, you, really. Yeah, I mean, not, not so much anymore, because now I'm a little bit more behind the scenes. But when I directed the office, I was our spokesperson. Mm -hmm. So if there was some craziness that students were involved in with the cops or whatever yeah, yeah. On, on Halloween or St. Patrick's Day or something, um, you know, I would be the one who have to deal with those phone calls at three in the morning. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I was the liaison. And uh, I think what you have to do when you're in communications is really establish a sense of trust with other people. Right. And, but, yeah. and that's, you know. And, the, and a sense of integrity. That's and the that case. What, and that for what you say everything. is honest is honest. So Well, it's the same for everything, don't you think? I mean, mm -hmm. before yeah. someone anyone in business, before someone buys something from you, they have to trust you. Correct. Any way you cut it, trust yeah. is all around you. Mm -hmm. And marketing is all about that. Yeah. It's building you know. relationships of trust. Right. Building relationships of trust. So um, what is this second book going to be about? Let's talk about that. You must well, have I, ideas somewhere. Well, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who would write a novel. I mean, I am a journalist by training. So even though I love to read fiction, you know, nonfiction is, is my genre memoir, perhaps. All right. Now, so I'm, I'm listening yeah. to you yeah. and I heard what you said. They were the exact same words I said. Oh, I'm looking back in time, probably a year. No, yeah. I, I'm academic. No, I only nonfiction. That's my view. I could never. Well, today <laughs> I'm into the paranormal thriller. Before I was thinking paranormal romance, but no, it's the paranormal thriller. So like I said, oh, in the beginning of our talk, <laughs> right. you don't know where you're going to end up. Right. My mother used to say, we know where we're born, but we right. don't know we're going to die. So let's see. So let's say the journalistic, the journalism um, background has sort of molded you. 
But if we want to make that, a, give it a spin, give it a more creative spin, what would that genre look like? Whether you put it in newspapers and magazines and blobs, mm-hmm. blobs, yeah, blobs. <laughs> what yeah, I guess... I think for me, it would be more of the kind of style that you would use for magazine writing. Uh More of the longer narrative. An essay? Yeah, a longer, but a longer kind of a Mm -hmm. piece. I mean, one of the pieces in my book is about uh, an Irish wedding that I went to. I live with this Irish woman. She married um, uh, a man from Great Britain. Mm-hmm. And they got they got married in Ireland, and she's from Northern Ireland, and he's yep. from Britain, and so you've got the the troubles. Yeah. And then I wrote it was a very long piece about this weekend that we spent there um, for this wedding, and again, it's about the meshing of the different cultures and the different. Right. It's really all of the theme of my work gets back to our shared humanity. Uh, almost every piece I write is about our shared humanity. Yeah. Uh, let's say there are more things that um, make us the same than the divide us. I mean, biological I things right. are the same for everyone. We go to the bathroom right. in the same way. We eat the same way. You know, right. some people may eat with their feet, but others eat with their hands, but they still it goes down into the mouth usually. Sure. Yeah. Um, so let's say you you did mention a topic as being, you know, a two-faith, two-culture marriage as a bridge to a more united right. world. Let's, um, I'm going to ask you point blank, in light of what is happening now in the Ukraine, Russia, mm-hmm. Ukraine, mm-hmm. and all of them, and they should be on the same page in terms of culture background, cultural exactly. background. Exactly, they should Do be. Do you feel that, I mean... Are we being Pollyanna-like and saying, uh, oh, yes, the world of the future is a more united world? Or is there a more realistic way of seeing it, according to you? Well, you know, I think it's a double-edged sword, right, perhaps. Right, there you go. I mean, because, you know, we are seeing, because of the power of social media and and really strong journalists on the ground, we're seeing the world come together behind Ukraine. Yeah. You know, I mean, how, how many people right. have sunflowers that they've posted on their Facebook page? I just bought a bunch of sunflowers yesterday. Um, so I, mean, I think that there's a sense that we're all together, at least right now, um, in, in, in this way. But then you also see how social media takes, drives people apart. Apart. You know, with this whole authoritarian sort of a upswing right, you know, right both wing. in the, mm-hmm. both in the u.s and yep. uh you know brazil and you know other places in hungary so even in the world so there be a, a you know the, this one vision of coming together and the other of uh, distinction one from the other couldn't mm. it, it be um feasible to think that the future of unity lies in negotiation or conversation around the table it's negotiating and not only in the hands of politicians but of all leaders let's say leaders whether they're economic leaders or or whatever um there's there's a spiritual element that i'd like to bring in and Mm -hmm. um it has to do a little bit with the transformative nature of writing like Mm -hmm. you said 
Because if you can spin a phrase in such a way that it makes people think, that is a very, very, very powerful pen right there. And let's say that you're in a position because... You have that writing workshop and the Bombeck background is on uh, humor and laughter, but that is human and laughter is a way of reaching that goal, I, I think. Right. Humor, um, humor transcends, you know, differences and humor, you know, in a way can almost save us. You know, yeah. we've all been in meetings where someone is just deadly serious about something and everyone's a little bit on edge and then someone might crack a little bit of a joke and it's amazing how it diffuses a situation. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on that, on that point. And I do feel that, you know, in terms of spirituality, the idea of coming together around the table, you know, face to face, not this anonymous troll like behavior that some people have on social media, but face to face where you, Talk to each other as human beings. Talk about your differences and and respect one another. Maybe idealistic, maybe Pollyannish, but, but still, I really think that's the only solution. It didn't work in this Ukraine-Russia right. situation. There were many times uh, people came around the table, often. Um, not only a virtual table, they were in person, and it just didn't right. work. Um, so we shall see. We shall see how this goes and uh, what happens. I mean, I'm a I'm a fan, an old diehard fan of Gorbachev when he was a leader. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. coming out with the glasnost um, uh, uh, period, and we were used to that. We got used to that, and then all of a sudden, boom! Here we go. KGB is back. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So um, we shall see how that goes. What about, um, have you used the theme of laughter in your writing at all? Doesn't, you know, in the first book, it didn't seem well, that to me. Um, yeah, actually, in my essays, not so much, although I have a whole section on the writing life, and I write a number of pieces about the workshop and, and uh, you know, instances of, <clears throat> and lessons from the workshop, and some of it's funny. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I just co-edited a book called Sisters Bonded by Love and Laughter, uh-huh. And as part of, as part of the workshop, it's it's a beautiful story about how this developed. There is a woman I didn't know out on the West Coast who contacted me, told me that her sister, who she was very close to, had died mm-hmm. and very suddenly after like eight weeks from lung cancer. Uh-huh. And she wanted, and her sister wanted to write humor, but never did. She was stuck in a corporate mm. communications job, and she said, "I googled and found your workshop, and I'm wondering if there's." excuse me, something that we can do together to honor Nikki, my sister. And so she made a major gift to the workshop. And after a couple of years, we ran this humor writing contest called Nikki's Prize for Humor Writing. Mm -hmm. It was an international competition. And it pulled together a bunch of uh, well-known writers as judges. And I think we had like 263 entries from all over the place. Great. And they picked 21 winners. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and some of these people have never had their pieces published in a book before. All humorous pieces about oh. their sisters or about uh, a friend who's like a sister, you know, yeah. kind of a soul sister kind of a relationship. 
And then we went out to, you know, well-known writers, um, Adriana Trigiani, the New York Times bestselling mm-hmm. author, yeah. and Annabelle Gerwich and others, and people who had been affiliated with our workshop and asked them if they would submit an essay. It could have been something that they'd already written, which they did. So we pulled together these really outstanding, funny, funny essays from from these writers and then well-known established writers. And we've got this book that's out there on the market. So, uh-huh. um, so yes, so my, so my work pro- probably more as an editor in terms of the, the humor aspect. Uh-huh. Well, that's, um, that is really a high point of, of that workshop. I think that was, that must've been really interesting project yeah. for you it was a lot of work yeah <laughs> it was oh, a lot i know i've edited I ever thought books. it would be yeah <laughs> but but my colleague on this uh uh she is a retired editor so she oh, came in she had it. more time she had more time and, and 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 was willing to jump in and help and so that made and, and did quite frankly the bulk of the editing of it. oh good for her good for her yeah uh, yeah yeah Interesting, interesting. So uh, let's say, you know, I always ask people if they have a little desire in Italian, they say this little secret they keep in locked away in a jar, um, a, a desire for the future. Do you have one? Um, Something you would like to do in future, but you don't, you're not doing now? Yeah, that's a, man, that's a very good question. I'm, I'm drawing. Think a, about I'm drawing it. A blank. About I'm drawing it. a blank because I think you should be living your life without regrets. You know, I mm-hmm. think the pandemic has stopped us in some ways from doing things like traveling. Yeah. I mean, we've traveled a lot and I'd love to get back to doing that. Yeah. You know, a, a friend, um, her daughter's getting married in Italy this summer. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun to go? Where? To my, one of my, I knew you were going to ask me, I think it's somewhere out near Sicily, perhaps. I'm not uh-huh. familiar with that part of Italy, somewhere I've never been. I've been to mm-hmm. Rome and Florence and Assisi, which is my absolute favorite spot favorite, in the world. Yeah. I used to <laughs> study in Assisi, yeah. Um, oh, my son place. is also getting married this summer in Tuscany, and Wonderful. they've postponed it twice, and this yeah. is hopefully they'll go through. Um, yeah. And what what's interesting about the idea, you know, that secret in the drawer that I asked you about, uh-huh. it's something about the future. And of course, you said about traveling. But I mean, isn't there must be a secret in that drawer that has to do with your creative streak? Well, you know, I, I, I mean, I would love to be able to get more of my writing out into mainstream publications. I would love to have a piece like in the New York Times or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be, yeah, that would be a, a goal of mine. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, you have to just sit down and do the work. You know, you, oh, have God. To, you can't just, you can't just think about it. You no, we can't dream about it. <laughs> it won't write itself. No, it will not write itself. And, well, what you know, about your the- writing? Um, do you have a specific habit or is do your best ideas come when you're ironing, for example, or cleaning yeah. or doing the food shopping? Or is there a, a habit that you or a discipline yeah. manner of yeah. writing? Well, I, tr- I try to avoid ironing, but. Um, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but actually, I'm an early riser. And mm-hmm. I, I like to get up very early. My husband, he's in bed a couple hours before, you know, ah. I even see him. So mm-hmm. I like to get up early and have that first cup of coffee and, 
and sit down at the keyboard right. at that point. Yeah, that's that's and, angelic. And, that is really Yeah, you can magical. do that. Or, you know, I started writing like some morning pages in a journal. I don't mm-hmm. do that as often as I should. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think you should just, that should be the discipline. I write best in the morning. I write best uh-huh. when my mind is clear. You know, yeah, later and, in the afternoon, I'm kind of fried. But <laughs> And when you say write, uh, do you mean getting in front of the cube, a computer and, and using the keyboard, or is there another way you No, that's work? how I, well, I write both ways. I mean, if I'm journaling, I'm scrawling it out in handwriting. Right, right. But uh, if I'm working, I'm at the, at the keyboard, because I don't know how people wrote before computers yeah. honestly to just like i know go I back know. and st- i'm thinking of my and... of my university page papers and know, how who knows where they out. went <laughs> <laughs> yeah you had to type my olivetti i had an old olivetti the first <laughs> time yeah i remember that boy oh boy we got into the secrets of how sisters bond by love and laughter. This is um, an interesting uh, topic, and I will sell that as the title here, and you'll see that. Um, Is there anything you would like to tell our audience, um, give them either a suggestion or something to uh, that they you would like them to know? Well, I mean, I think um, I was inspired to write this book through our workshop. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone, you, you come together, you spend this quality time concentrating on your craft and laughing and networking with other like-minded souls and you leave energized. Anytime yes. you go to a conference or a yes. workshop, you leave energized yeah. and then life gets in the way. So, yeah. you know, I think it doesn't have to be the Irma Bombeck Writers Workshop that we'd love for you to come. Our next one's in October, but I would, love for people to take time for themselves for themselves you know mm-hmm. don't think oh i've got to take the kids to school i've got to do this i've got to do that go to a workshop it's just some time concentrated time for you yeah um and it and it's amazing how it changes your perspective and how it inspires you yeah and, and you and and you meet people that you can network with that you had no idea and doors begin to open that way yeah so yeah. that would be what I would suggest. Wow. Thank you so much for this, Terry. You're and um, And for taking the time to spend with us t- talking Thank about you. your work. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye, Terry. And you contact Bye-bye. me when that next book comes out. I will. <laughs> Thank you. I will. All right. Bye-bye, Terry. Bye-bye.